All right, Third Eye, episode one. Uh, I've got editor Katie in the building. We wanted to do this for a while. Mm-hmm. Welcome, a new series to the channel. It's something I've wanted to do for a while, but it's also something where it's like, it's kind of hard to like start up something like this because everyone's already covered most of the cases that are, I feel like moderately well-known. And then also you can't, there's not like a, a, a formula. There's always an original formula, but I feel like most of the formulas for this type of thing, people have already done like Buzzfeed Unsolved, there's podcasts on it that are really good. TikTok is actually, I mean, really like put me onto a lot of, of, uh, of just, uh, I don't even know what to call this. What is this genre that we're a part of? Is it like- Definitely within the true crime world, true I would crime, say. Yeah, it's parable. definitely boomed on TikTok. Yeah. It's most certainly been exhausted on YouTube. Um, oh, 100%. We were talking earlier, you know, some people do it better than others. You know, we're going to try to remain respectful in these cases, remain tasteful in how we cover them. But, yeah, we, you know, we, we're, we're going to entertain a bunch of different theories. We, we were kind of laughing about it, like, po- you know, pre, uh, pre-recording that it was like, we can't really. So, like, if a kid's skull is found on a rock in the middle of the forest, we can't just be like, it was definitely aliens. You right. know what I mean? When it's, I mean, to be real, I like, I like to, I don't like that kind of mind frame that a lot of people get into where it's like, oh, if, if someone asks a question that's a little bit outside of the box and they're considered crazy, it's like, you can ask questions, but at the same time, we feel like we have to keep in mind that, you know, maybe it's it's a little bit more probable that a bobcat or something like that, or even like an abduction took place. Right. I mean, these are real people and real, yeah. like real stories. And at the end of the day, no one knows what happened. So we're going to try to cover a bunch of different theories today. And that will include aliens. Yeah, but aliens. again, we're going to try to remain respectful about it and kind of remain true to the case and do our best in keeping justice for these different cases. And I don't, I don't think we're ever going to really, I don't think that our, our end goal is to figure out what happened. No, definitely not. We're not trying to exploit these people either. I think really what my passion came with like researching these cases yeah. and for, you know, the project itself that we're going to be talking about is just kind of trying to bring justice to these people, to bring light to this situation, to these multiple cases that happen all the time to a bunch of different people. Yeah. And then that's the biggest thing is like, so researching this and you did, I, I mean, like I didn't really get a chance to do any of that because you, you just killed it on the notes. But the one thing I noticed from doing my own independent research and then looking at your notes too, is the fact that in this particular case, now some of the cases we might cover, they definitely will probably have more media coverage or more widespread popular culture coverage. But this one, it's almost like, we, we really could end up uncovering some stuff because there was so little about this case outside of the, the movie and the series of books that they outlined. Yeah, for a few of these cases, for sure, we're going to see that it really leaves an open ending to a bunch of theories that we're going to get into. And some of them are very basic. You know, some of them will be kind of your run of the mill natural causes. Yeah. And some will most definitely be out there in terms of conspiracy land. This is one of those cases where it's like, it, it's not anything super scary in the sense that it's like an alien abduction would be like, I was driving across the road and then I looked over and the driver's eyes were black and I woke up three hours later in a field, but it's, it has more like bone chilling type of connotations to it. Where in the case of one of the, I don't want to spoil too much, but in the first case we're covering, they describe a scream that doesn't sound like someone's being chased or no, that doesn't sound like someone's being murdered but rather as if someone's playing tag and just about to be chased, uh, just about to be touched right. or captured. Like that's, it's little weird stuff like that, that it's kind of like it, it gets, it, it puts itself in the back of your mind more than anything. 
And I don't know about for you, but for me, I feel like in these cases, Bigfoot and aliens, I mean, obviously that's kind of spooky. Yeah. But to me, the more scary and more sinister ones are the ones where we, you know, do it talk a little bit more about like abduction yeah possible cover-up triple homicides that's, like, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the real evil. that's the real scary shit that's yeah. the real evil in the world that no 100 percent is most you know we can almost grasp that more than we can grasp talking about bigfoot or aliens well the, i feel like the the bigfoot and the alien stuff it's, it's more fun to talk about because you don't again yeah it's have a little to, like, silly even if you think that they are evil creatures yeah. that are harmful to yeah. us it's, it's you don't have to like cover the fact that again someone there was like a house and the father went in and like hacksawed his wife and then went and murdered like two kids. You don't have to read that off on the note list. It could just be like someone saw a, an ape looking creature on the tree line one time and he got angry and like pounded his fists on a tree and then the entire forest shook. Like it's right. stuff you'd have like to, that. You'd have to like suspend your disbelief a little bit to believe those. Yeah. But for the more like, I'm going to talk about kind of like human interference theories, those you don't really need to. Yeah. You don't really need to put your mind that far out there. It's just more bone chilling stuff. So without further ado, without spending too much time talking about why we're here, I think it's it's safe to say that we just both really enjoy these like paranormal unsolved mystery type of cases. And we wanted to do a show where we break down stuff, whether it's longer format, we can have some shorter episodes. I know we talked about potentially going to some of these locations, but what we really want to do is, is to give attention to some of the lesser known cases that didn't get any coverage and starting out the missing 411 project uh, is, is I think the perfect kind of start to what we wanted to do here. Uh, we could talk about the main man. I think he's, Fair, say, fair to say he's the the main man of the project. David, uh, I, you know how to pronounce his last name. I, yes, David Politis. He's going to be, you know, the person that we're really talking about that created yeah. this Missing 401 project. Yes, and he has this this detailed, I mean, documents on documents, movies, books, all this different type of stuff. Of all these people, I think he even has, he built up a database, right? Right. The geographical data of people that, that went missing? Yeah, he has so... What he's done is he's created, he's basically mapped out um, a lot of these disappearances and formulated that a lot of people go missing in missing in these same clusters. Yeah. So we have a lot of common themes of not only what will happen in these cases in terms of the events, but also location-wise, geographically, where a lot of people go missing in these parks. And it's it's interesting too because when you when you when I saw you wrote this down, I was like, I remember going back through this case just a little bit. I'm not like too familiar with it or I wasn't too familiar with it before you really we did the deep dive for this episode but I do remember an oddity in the fact that a lot of these disappearances happen in the same places Mm -hmm. down to even I think some of the same areas it's not just the parks it's like the same you know near hills or on top of hills we'll get into the similarities in the cases but that's Kind of, it's it makes you think because it's all across America. I think I read something, and I don't know if this is we we don't want to just put any information out there. But I remember reading something too where it's like there's cave systems involved. Right. I've another thing that was popularized on TikTok, I believe, yeah. is a map going around. I'll put it in if I can find it, but yeah. um, a map that showed the correlation between people where people go missing versus where there are major cave systems in these national parks. Yeah. And they line up really clearly. Line up really, really clearly. Yeah, kind of spooky. Uh, very spooky. So this David Politis guy, he essentially uh, takes a look at all these these unsolved cases 
And he's doing the work that he says uh, the Park Service isn't doing. And I think it's fair to say that the Park Service is not giving these, these cases the justice they deserve. He's trying to find the connections. He's trying to find the numbers. And from what I've gathered, the Park Service is kind of just like, they're like a New Yorker. Like New Yorkers have right. to be like, if you see something, say something. They're it's like, like none well, of our business. That, sorry, yeah, that's not my... It happens in our domain, but we we don't want... You know what I mean? We're, we're just going to... You do what you do and we'll... We'll pay attention to the forest, but I guess not what like happens in the forest, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Right. And David is definitely not like that. David, his backstory um, is kind of, I think, a really good place to kind of start with why he's doing this and what kind of person he is. So David Politis was a former police officer. Mm -hmm. He was, I think, on duty between 1977 to 2011. And he retired and actually started researching cryptozoology. Yes. So that's like the search for beings that we don't necessarily know if they exist mm -hmm. or if they still exist today. So he's now an investigator. He's the director of the North America Bigfoot search. Um, and he's a writer known for the published books on missing 411 and also just the project in general. Yeah. And also real quick, I wonder how much, because I, I read that and I was like, and we talked about this literally right before we started recording. It's like, how much of this stuff would go against him if someone right. were to bring it up? Like right, this right. guy, I know, I don't know if there's a specific negative connotation on cryptozoology. I, I think it's a little bit, that's a little bit more kind of standardized in terms of, of, of a practice that people would consider normal. But if he's the leader of the, you said it was the, the Bigfoot the North America Bigfoot search. Yeah, definitely people I think would use that to kind of say, oh, this Discredit guy's a whack him. job. And and that's what we were saying is like, what if, uh, and I always like to think like this, it's like people like to kind of put down this, this mind frame that people have where if you ask questions, mm -hmm. you get kind of labeled as a little bit of a wacko. Not saying I'm the biggest conspiracy theory on the planet, but it does kind of make you wonder when certain things get taken down on YouTube and all this different type of stuff. We could, I, I'm not going to get too much into it now, but I do have an idea for a future episode of, of something that we could cover. But it is really interesting how a lot of times I feel like people that ask questions in these general types of areas, I, they're put down. And I, I don't understand that. Well, David didn't originally ask the main question about the national parks. According yeah. to him, an off-duty park ranger was the one mm -hmm. who expressed concern to him about, you know, the questionable nature of all these missing persons cases that occur in parks and actually, you know, asked David to look into it. Yeah. And that's what kind of spearheaded um, him uncovering, you know, multiple lines of evidence that maybe express negligence on par of the parks yeah. and how they handle these cases, which we'll talk about, but also just failing to locate people, failing to understand what happened, failing to come up with any sort of rational explanation for how and why these people went missing or died. Yeah, that is that is a through line that I noticed a lot is that whoever, you know, the onus falls on the search groups. I know there's sometimes extraneous circumstances that kind of get in the way. For instance, in one of the cases, it was torrential downpour that, right, yeah. that kind of got in the way of, of finding footprints and all that different type of stuff. But it seems like another common commonality. Right. Yeah. Is that a, is that a word? Sure. Okay. We're, we're making it a word now. Commonality between these cases is that the park rangers is kind of just like, well, I mean, if we did what we did and uh, if we can't find them, we can't find them, you know? And, and it's like, it always, it's also interesting because most times the remains are found after they comb through areas. Right. In places that were previously searched. Right. And so that makes you wonder, is it 
Is it laziness on the on the the end of the search, the search groups, yeah. or is it maybe those remains got put there? Because also, I, again, I, I don't want to spoil too much. We're, we'll get into it later on, but it's it's all very interesting, and I think it's that common thing you find in a lot of true crime true crime cases. Excuse me, where it's like whoever is in charge of searching for these things just they, they see it. they all seem to like forget how to do their jobs. They are yeah immediately. It's astounding to me in all of these cases how that happened which doesn't really surprise me because david's books actually uncovered that the u.s national park service does not have an independent list of miss of missing people yeah. who go missing in the parks um there is a database for like incidents and criminal reports obviously you know like as part of the park service but it's not widely or consistently used and it actually doesn't like interface with any other criminal database so, so it's just his own kind of lone standing right. thing. And that's why in 2011, he launched the Can-Am Missing Project, which is where he kind of documents all these 411 cases. And that's where he's come up with his 52 geological clusters in yes. North America specifically, um, where people have gone missing. But I think he's branched out to Canada. Yeah, Canada and more globally too, all over the world. What's a, what's a Canada missing person scene looking like? I wonder. Probably the same thing. Just they, people they missing in parks. There, yeah. yeah, they got a lot of forest. I don't know if it's Bigfoot or not, but Bigfoot's been chilling in the U.S. and Canada. No, absolutely. That's why I don't, I don't trust places like Connecticut. Right. Or like Pennsylvania, because there's like a a large amount of forest, but nobody ever goes outside. They know. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's sketch to me. Either that or it's the murder basements. Right. It wouldn't be fair to only highlight kind of David's work and conclusions and all these theories. Mm. So for the sake of trying to not be too biased, um, I also looked at kind of like the critics of 411. Right. So renowned data analyst Kyle Pollack yes. has deemed David's findings to not be statistically significant. So I don't know if you learned about this in college, but that basically just means that the number of disappearances is relatively small and the findings, you know, are, can likely be explained like by natural, natural causes. Yeah. yeah. Was it, was it like 1600 a year? Right. Yeah. So we don't know for sure, but experts believe roughly 1600 a year. That doesn't seem like a small amount. I don't know. That doesn't I mean, to me either, but. If you talk about the entire population of the world, yeah, but sixteen hundred a year is kind of crazy. Yeah, when you think about it. But I mean, these data scientists they say that there's nothing really unusual about them, um, and they're best explained by non-mysterious causes such as falling or sudden health crises that lead to like lone people getting stranded yeah. in the woods and in the wilderness. Um, other causes could be drowning, animal attack, environmental exposure, or even deliberate disappearances. So people who just just want to want to get out, get go away, off the sunset, right? But after analyzing all this missing person data, Kyle Pollack said that these cases are not outside the frequency that one would expect, or that there is anything unexplainable that he was able to identify. So I, I, I don't know. I don't trust that. I don't trust that either. I I don't think the people that make the data. I I don't know. He about actually that. to quote him, he says, "I've exhausted my exploration for anything genuinely unusual." After careful review, to me, not a single case stands out, nor do the frequencies involved seem outside of expectations, which I just blatantly disagree with. Yeah. We're going to talk about f- just four seem out of pretty, these 1,600 cases. Yeah, they, they seem pretty unusual to that me. I, they don't seem very usual, so I, I'm going to have to disagree with Pollock there. That's that classic thing. Where you're like Even like watching basketball, all these like guys at ESPN, they like to throw out these stats, see, stats, 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 and this is what this means, and this is what that means. Like Stats don't tell the entire story. Absolutely not. So that's what I'm saying. You know, you could find a skull on a rock mm-hmm. and that's a hundred percent weirder than, oh, this, that, that's the third. Oh, if you look at the geographical, 
Yeah, no. I mean, Kyle's just analyzing the data while David is actually engaging with these families and talking about it. But regardless of who's right or who's, you know, leading the the theories, it seems that like nothing's just, just nothing's being done to prevent it from happening. So the federal government does not track the number of missing people uh, that go missing in national parks. As we've talked about, the 1,600 individuals mysteriously vanish each year. Um, But to David's credit, Mm. A lot of these cases are on, you know, are ones which animal attacks or exposure or natural causes are unfounded to be the cause of disappearance or death. So right. that kind of puts a kink in Kyle's theory and a lot of other like Dan, uh, data analysis uh. that they're kind of just normal, which I don't agree with. Yeah, no, I mean, we wouldn't be reviewing these if they were if they were normal, you know. Exactly. I, I always tend to think with all of this stuff, I think that. It always, I think between, if we're talking about a spectrum where it's like paranormal shit, aliens, wormholes, wild men, then you got someone falling off a cliff, breaking their leg, and then mm-hmm. just drowning or something. Right. I think most times, unless the circumstances around it are really extraneous, I think it, f- it can fall somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. I don't think abductions are that far-fetched. No. I know... Uh, and I don't know if this theory is on here. I, I know I, I've reviewed it earlier, but I know a lot of, I think, cartels, they like to do their business out in remote areas. Yeah, where there's no there's no cameras. There's, there's no, no cameras. Anything. Right. So perhaps hiker stumbles upon something they're not supposed to see. And then, boom. That could be it. Or, you, you know, on the other end, government testing. Yes. You know, stuff that they are not meant to see. But the problem is that it's so difficult to keep record of these cases. That's the problem. That is the problem. Yeah. And in fact, Ken Salazar, who was the secretary of the interior under Obama, yes. was confronted by David in his form of one movie. It wasn't he like, yeah, I mean, just it would yeah. cost like a boatload of money to look yeah. into it. So he asked him like, what's up with, you know, the lack of details on these missing people in all these parks. And if you don't know, secretary of the interior is kind of in charge of managing use of public lands, right. um, preventing exploitation of natural resources, maintaining the national parks. So he would be the one to know about kind of these things. But when he was confronted, Ken claimed that one, it would just be too hard to keep track of every missing person's case, which I I, understand that. But he also claimed that it would cost over a billion dollars to gather the information needed to fund such an extensive database. I'm not gonna lie that I could also, I could see that. I could see Uh, that, but wouldn't that be worth it? How much money do we spend a year in the mill on the military in this country? We can't allocate funds to make sure that our national parks are safe. You could definitely That's his whole job. And I'm not saying, no, 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 nobody's sitting here saying you got to spend a billion dollars. Yeah, maybe at least a little bit, though. Yeah, like, uh, what's a good estimate? Like 30 mil? Maybe. At least, like, cover half of them. Yeah, for all the money that we spend on things, I think that this would not got be money a bad to throw. thing. I think we got money to throw. We got money to throw. I'd, I'd donate. I would donate, too. I got, like, a, a light 50 in the bank account right now, $50, so I'd donate, like, 20, 10, 15 bucks. That's like really that. generous. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because I care, you know. That's why we're here. We're, we're checking these cases out, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's that's a, uh, an interesting topic that can be brought up with a lot of things too. Not even just in terms of like governmental spending, right? You know, like I'm sure a lot of people could list off of their hands five things that the government could spend money on that that's it's not going to. So in this particular case, though, I think in a lot of cases that involve stuff like this, for instance, UAPs or unidentified aerial phenomenon. I think the governments, they just, I'm actually, I'm pretty sure they just started 
really spending money on looking into these types of things, especially because the, the Pentagon released those photos and videos. Right. But for a while, it was something so unfounded. It's kind of like, I could see where they're coming from, where it's like, well, are we going to throw all this stuff, all this money at stuff that might, may or may not be fiscal? Or are we going to put it into defense? Or are we going to put it into this, that, the third? You know what I mean? Right. Or they could have been funding these things the entire time and they just, it's not public. So they're, they're, oh yeah, that's true too. I mean, a whole other conspiracy that I didn't even think of was that they could be looking into all these disappearances, but they're just not saying anything because of what they've uncovered or the lack of what they've uncovered. They just don't want to look incompetent, which they Mm. do anyway, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, if they're trying to not look incompetent, I mean, the, the park service is not doing them any favors. Definitely not. And I know that they don't agree with the majority of the theories and they try to keep it pretty basic to the natural causes. There's just some of them that I'm like, no way. Yeah. Before we move on, I just want to briefly explain kind of those theories that we're going over. We already did it a little bit, but of course, you know, some disappearances and death can be due to natural causes, as we've said. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's other widely accepted theories that are a little bit more. Yeah. You want me to, can I, can I run some of these down? Of course. Yeah. All right. So we got, we got animal attacks, accidental death, as you talked about. So that's falling, drowning, foul play, human interference. Talk about the cartels. Uh, murder, kidnapping, again, cartels. Government's experimenting. Uh, that's another possible one. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That it gives me like Dyatlov Pass type of vibes. Right. That was pretty prominent in that case. Yeah. Uh, and then we got, the, we got the more wackier ones. So the ones that might fall out of the conventional box of thinking. We got Bigfoot aliens, interdimensional wormholes, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, wild men. Which I, 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 that falls somewhere in between like Bigfoot and, or just like people. Yeah, I believe wild wild men is just people. There's two sectors, I believe. I believe one is just saying that these are people who have moved off the grid and now live in the wild. Um, Or they're people who have never been included in civilization and have always lived in the wild. Okay. It's like people who have just been kind of. Hermits. Yeah, like hermits, a colony of, you know, wild men. And sometimes, you know, they describe them as intelligent sometimes they describe them as very not intelligent but sometimes they describe them as like cannibals rabid yes yeah yeah, yeah. Rabid, i could see that exactly i could see that for sure and then obviously the end here law enforcement they often refuse to take abduction into account or they, right. they even they don't even say i mean like they're just straight up like yeah listen this most times abduction can't be a thing yeah exactly even when those cases are a little bit more complicated yes. a little bit more suspicious than others and even when in the cases when some of the people it's like uh we should probably look into the person that was say they were walking with the, the person and then they, oh, they were behind me and then they magically disappeared it's like, yeah they're like nope no red flags there yeah all right so we got as we said we got four cases we can bull with right right uh we start out the way we want to do the show is we start out with the most famous case out of all of the uh, subjects under the umbrella we talk about then we go chronologically and then we end off with the most I don't want to say is inconspicuous a good word or or the most, I feel like confusing case out of all of them. Yeah. The one that has the most, you know, ambiguity. Yeah, exactly. Ambiguity. You don't necessarily, there's really nothing. I'll just say that there's very little to go by with this last one. Scraps and crumbs basically. But this first one is not only the most or one of the most popular. It's also one of the most, I feel controversial and most kind of scary, mysterious. There's a yes. lot of theories that we can work through here. No, absolutely, absolutely. So I wanted to, uh, I'll, I'll break it down and then we kind of get, we'll kind of get into the more uh, minutia aspect of, of, of each case here. So first off we've got, and please Katie, let me know if I'm butchering anyone's name because 
a lot of the people that we're going to be talking about, they're dead already. So I don't want to disrespect him like that. But we got, first off, we got Jared Atadero. Atadero, yeah. Atadero, okay. Gotcha. So he was essentially part of this group. It was a, it was a Christian group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were staying out at a, resor- at a resort, excuse me. It's pronounced P- the Poudre River Resort. Uh, it was a group of Christian singles, I think. And they one day they decided to, I don't know, to just, I guess, like take a, a hike up the mountain near the resort. Uh, and they're about 15 miles out when Jared, and by the way, his father owns the resort. That's another, right. that's another big, important detail. But they're about 15 uh, miles out from the resort. There's two groups and Jared decided, there was a group ahead mm-hmm. in front and there's a group in back. Jared's in the group in back. Right. He decides he wants to motor ahead a little bit for whatever, I mean, probably kid energy, right? Like, you yeah. know, just like, I want to go fucking go in the forest and play. He motors ahead. And the back group loses sight of him. Then, uh, per the account of two fishermen, Jared runs into them. Uh, they ask where his group is. I think they said that they had heard the group kind of coming mm-hmm. up the trail like 700 feet back. Yeah, they so they just sent him, him back alone. Yeah, he's like, hey, yeah, just run back, little kid. You you rabble rouser, get back to your group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared, I guess, <laughs> purportedly just runs back to his group, but the group never sees him. They, right. they don't, they, he, doesn't, he doesn't show up at the group. <clears throat> And uh, after a while, they realized something was horrifically wrong. Uh, And so they start looking, they start searching. I think they spent only about an hour really looking for, or maybe two hours looking for the kid. Yeah, I think it was about roughly an hour. Yeah. And uh, and so then after they haven't found anything for for, uh, a couple hours to an hour, uh, they finally tell his father who owns the lodge. And then that's when we really start to see uh, the police get involved. Uh, I know there's a helicopter crash at one point. Yeah. Uh, which is like a weird twist in the case. Right. But it's also somewhat common in these cases also, the which David Politis goes into. Yeah. You know, air carrier malfunction, stuff like that. So that's also an oddity that some of these cases have that he had pointed out in his yeah. documentaries. Yeah. That uh, most of the re- the remains from some of the people that have been found, their remains have been found, have been found uphill. That's another interesting one. Usually on terrain too, uphill through terrain that like, Kids really just can't climb up. Even like adults would have problems with. But in this case, they they don't find anything for a while. Mm-hmm. And then after, I think it was his skull that got found, correct? What was his clothing first? Clothing first. And it was immaculate. It, it, had, it looked like it hadn't been touched. Right. So as you said, this case happened in 1999 and nothing was found until 2003. So... Jared and his family, they were staying at the resort um, and his dad owned it. They were with the Christian singles and they headed up the big South trail in Poudre Canyon. And that's in Colorado. So Jared's only three years old at this time. That's so stupid. So again, after these fishermen, that's the last time that he is believed to be seen ever. Do we we trust these fishermen? Is that that canon? Well, we'll get into a little bit more about the fishermen later yeah. when we don't necessarily know a lot about them. We don't, we, and that's they're, they're the police's fault. Yeah, of course. Right. As as we'll learn is also not very uncommon. Yep. But we know that the members of the group went to search for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of me, I, I know that this might be a red flag that they waited an hour to tell his father that he was missing. But they're 15 miles from their from the lodge. You that take that, like a- that Alan, Jared's dad owns. That's that's actually a hefty walk. That's like a exactly. 40 minute walk. Exactly. So you walk. have to take into account the walk back. Yep. But also, you know, I have right now, you know, a younger brother that's around this age and 
Yes, when I blink my eyes, he could be totally gone. Yeah, they like they run out of there like that. But it doesn't take long to catch up with a three year old. Yeah, and they, I don't they know do that like waddle thing where it's exactly. like they're not actually walking and And I don't know if you've ever you know tried to pick up a three year old that doesn't want to be picked up or who doesn't know you, but their screech is ear piercing. Yeah, but that is not what happened here. In fact, we have some reports that witnesses heard screaming shortly after he was said to have gone missing. Yes, but this is when you know. We talked it, about the weird was, Yeah, exactly. It wasn't necessarily described as something. In distress. Yes, it was more of a playful like a, scream. Like a plain tag and you're about to, oh, exactly. you know what I mean, get caught. So regardless of that fact, though, those reports are contested and they've never been followed up on. <laughs> of course. Of course. But again, Jared was missing from 1999 till 2003 when hikers found his clothing. Yeah. After which then teeth and other skull fragments were found um, and sadly matched to Jared by DNA testing. <laughs> But his remains were found off a part of the path marked strenuous. Yes, even for adults. That, yeah, seasoned hikers would have had a hard time on the trail. It was 500 feet up a boulder field, which is extremely tough terrain, as you said, for adults, let alone a three-year-old. Yes. But we'll find this to be, you know, a common theme that search and rescue had searched there previously and didn't find anything. But that's ultimately where he was found. But his clothing was found in good condition. As you said, mm-hmm. his shirt wasn't torn or shredded or bloody. And that kind of rules out like a bobcat. Which would have been the case, yeah, yeah, for an animal attack. In fact, it looks like, I'll put up the pictures, it looks like maybe like birds or something had taken pieces for nests, but nothing of like a bear, a mountain lion attacking right. him. Right, and the birds could be explained as, as after the fact. kind Exactly, of down just exactly, <laughs> toying with the evidence, right? Yeah. So his shoes were also found in near perfect condition, not scuffed like he'd been, you know, attacked or dragged or anything. And the hikers who found them claimed that it looked like a kid just stepped, just out, stepped of out of them. Stepped out of them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, shout out to dude. Shout out to Jared for not scuffing the Jays. Right. For real. Honestly. Yeah. You can't scuff the Jays. And it's, Everyone knows I know, that. I know we're playing around, but yeah. there's a picture of Jared's dad holding the shoes. Oh, and that's it's, gotta it's, be tragic. It's really heartbreaking. They're, that's tragic. Yeah. It's, that's, it's that's really, really sad. sad. But the pants were a little less preserved. But the crazy thing is that. When they were found, they were found inside out. Mm-hmm. So right, and then they turned them inside, or they right side up, and then later they're yeah. turned right side out for a press conference. And when Alan, Jared's dad, yeah. asks, you know, the sheriff and law enforcement why they changed that? it, yeah. the sheriff was like, "Oh, I don't know anything about that." I, I or the sheriff even said, "Like, how do you know that?" And Alan was like, "I was there on the trail when they were like when we were looking at them." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the sheriff was like, "Well." What are you going to do? Yeah, he's and like, I, I I claim not to know about any of that. Dude, it's like some of these families don't even get to go and search for their own children. Oh, they they didn't get to search either. And we'll get to that oh, in a second. Okay. He just happened to be there to to see, obviously, when they call and say, we found your son. Right. He is allowed to. Oh, and also he owns the lodge. So it but makes sense. Previously searching, they were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a big thing. The, uh, right. the, the agencies, you know, the park service, whoever handles these things, the police, Federal law agencies, they, they don't like people going out there unless it's them. Exactly. Which, again, you can kind of write that off, but at the same time, uh, say what you want about not contaminating evidence or mm-hmm. messing with stuff, but I don't know. You, you'd think that... You'd it's think out in the wilderness, a, though. What's up? It's out in the wilderness. It's not a contained environment, so it's kind of hard to do that in the first place. Yeah. You'd think, though, that also it's like if there's a distressed parent and they're looking for their children... I feel like 
even if you can't let them out on the trail, it's not like, a, you know, in, for instance, like the FBI was really cold with one of the, the you know, yeah. with well, one of the When the, the family asked to go down the trail to help yeah. search and rescue, they said no. And when they pushed them, you know, asked like, you for can get why. Arrested for that. And they were threatened yeah. and arrested if they even stepped on the trail. And so, and you'd think that, and I'll just, I'll let you get into it. Mm-hmm. I apologize. But you'd think that if you're handling this distressed family and his son, their son is missing, you wouldn't just be like, hey, listen, bro. You can't, we're, we're going to yeah, arrest you. Due, due to try. protocol, we just can't allow you yeah. to, rather than we'll arrest you. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, or we'll set you up with a, uh, you know, you know, lodging mm-hmm. or, you know, with whatever you need, do you need food, water, but we can't allow you to step on the seat. We're working diligently across the clock. Not just, no. Well that, and then they were then refused contact with the FBI. Yes. FBI went cold. They were on. like, we're not even calling the FBI because there's no them. evidence. Yeah. Right. So that's terrible. I get left on red by the FBI, the FBI, the FBI. That's crazy. That that's literally like their job is to help in situations like right. this, and they were like, "We're not calling the FBI. There's no evidence." The, the FBI might be a big player. Well, I know we'll get into the theories later, but the FBI, I'm feeling like, might all be, of law enforcement might be a little sketch. Yeah. So getting back to the case and the chain of events here, yes, uh, with poor Jared, no blood was found, and neither was any DNA evidence of animal hair or saliva. So medical examiner Dr. Michael Baden refuted the sheriff's claims that this was an animal attack after looking at the evidence and especially after the clothing was found stating that some remains would have been found if this was an animal attack, such as teeth or other bones. And then the forensic team was sent back to comb the area where they found a single tooth on a log. That's really creepy. Uncovered by any debris and just left out in the open. So the medical examiner says, there's no way this is a lion attack. I cannot support that theory. Uh. There needs to be more evidence of that, including teeth. When the med- we know when the team goes out, they find it. Oh shit! I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. And I'll put a picture of oh. this, how this tooth is situated on this log, oh, and you will have a hard time, you know, refuting that this looks. So placed, you, you think it's like a like dirty planted. cop plants weed on you type of situation where it's like they they need the evidence and oh they found it. I mean, we'll go over some theories, but that's what it looks like. Yeah, that's that is. That, I'm starting. I'm starting not to. I'm starting to think. FBI. Yeah, this is why, you know, and the FBI is not even involved. This is just local. Oh, excuse me. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, like, basically, when I. Law enforcement. I should say law enforcement. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think that they're definitely. uh, Yeah, and we'll see that further in the case. They they just keep botching it. After all this, it actually came out that there was a supposed sighting of Jared Mm -hmm. at Mesa Verde National Park, which is on the other side of Colorado from where he disappeared. But. Again, this has never been followed up on. A ranger at the park, the yeah. Mesa Verde National Park, reported that a little boy kept coming up to him on his tour group. Right, yes. Yeah, and yeah. trying to grab his hand. Yes, okay. And the man, he said that there was a man with this little boy. Uh-huh. He kept calling him something that sounded like Gerald. So, close. Close. And when the ranger saw Jared's picture on the news, he, he like, recognized oh, that, him, him as yeah. the boy that was on the tour. And this lines more with Alan's theory that Jared was kidnapped and that there's a bigger conspiracy and possible police cover up. And I want to stop for a second. What? Let's just. OK, so let's go with with the kidnapping theory for a second. What would be local authorities reason to keep something like that covered up? Well, you would have to believe that law enforcement is somehow involved with the abduction of children. Yes. Which is a very scary thought. And but that's even also if it's, a hefty allegation. Even if this sighting is 
accurate. Yes. That would mean that he was either brought back to the Poudre Canyon where his remains were found, or he was never brought back and the remains were just fabricated or staged. And they're not even Jared's. Or they were misidentified in evidence. Or that, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we all know that they're great at maintaining evidence and dude yeah I, and I, following honestly, up on if leads. i ever go missing don't don't go through i'll like, do just, my own investigation for yeah, you yeah. I, I think i'd do a better job yeah you could probably do a better job because apparently these guys for uh, let's let's just go down what these guys aren't good at driving helicopters mm-hmm. flying helicopters doing search and rescues keeping track of even the people that do go missing yes uh identifying evidence mm-hmm. identifying remains that's speculative but we'll roll with that mm-hmm. and handling people that's like yeah. five out of the five things you think of the, their job authorities would be good at. And, and they're just they're not. not. They're terrible. They're really bad. Right. This case garnered a lot of media attention. And, you know, even the psychic community, he said, got involved. Uh, but there are they're, unfortunately- They were showing up to the scene, right? Right. Yeah. They brought yeah. people out. Yep. But unfortunately, there's still no answers on what exactly happened to Jared Adadero. Um, the fishermen, Allen, all of those singles um, that attended- I think there were, what, 11 of them? Yes. A lot of people yeah. to be present and witnesses. Um, but there's They're just been no, yeah. no evidence, no leads. Um, and crazy enough, we were talking about the fishermen. Alan claimed that he didn't even know about them, that they were a part of this case, until he heard reports of it on the radio mm. and not from the sheriff. The sheriff had never disclosed to him, according to Alan, that, they and, had been fishermen, but, but this the, the, is yeah. this is refuted by the police, of course, because that would of make course. them look terrible, really bad. Um, but this is not the only time that the Adagero family had you know trouble with the investigators and law enforcement, as we talked about. It just seems like there's a lot of kickback in general, right? You know what I mean, right? And it, it, there's so many. So the reasons for which they cover something like this up far outweigh the reasons why they would keep the send that information out there right because you think about it it makes them look horrible Mm -hmm. if they actually are doing something that makes them look even worse and in general it's just like i'm sure they have this pride where it's all right well let us do what we do Mm -hmm. you know i'm not i'm not ruling that out either where it's like are you telling us how to do our job right absolutely fucking not yeah i'm not i'm listen i'm not trained as law enforcement personnel but i also have common sense yeah and that seems to be really lacking in this case exactly after, you know, looking at this case, David Politis had noted that a lot of these details are consistent with other park disappearances. Yes. So, you know, we talked about how the remains were found uphill, kind of in an area that doesn't really seem likely that they got to on their own. Um, it's found in an area that's previously searched. Combed. Yep. Uh, canines can't find a scent. Cadaver dogs can't find a body. You know, there's very few remains. Um, and the person's in a cluster that we talked about one of those 52 ge- yes. geographical clusters. And more part. often than not, they find when they do find whatever is remaining of the person, it's always clothing or it's always small. Mm-hmm. I know you said this, but like small yeah. little it's, fragments. It's rarely a body. Right. You know? Yeah. But also cause you know, a lot of time goes by, which is another decomposition. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. but this case has clearly stuck with David. Um, if you go to the can am website, Jared has his own tab yeah. there. His own little tab, which I think is so dope. Yeah. So if you want to go check it out, I definitely recommend we'll put a link down. Yes. And yeah. you can go investigate for yourself. Absolutely. Do we want to talk about Bobby Bizup? Sure. Take Bizup. us through it. Again, not trying to butcher his name, but uh, this one was also very interesting. And this is uh, this is one where it's kind of like, you know, I feel like the people in Jared's case, there's less of a, 
of a focus on the people that surrounded him at the time of his death or it's or at the time of his disappearance, I should say, and more so mm-hmm. onus on the, uh, the police officers, law enforcement and the circumstances. This one is interesting in that there were three camp counselors in play that later went on to become part of, I believe it was the Catholic church, right? Right. And molested and, and sexually assaulted right. kids, which say what you want. I mean, that's kind of, right. you know, so this Part case, we're going back in time. Yes. Because Jared's case, as we said, was in 1999, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. This was 1958. He was age 10. He was 10 years old. Bobby Bizup, he went missing from his Catholic summer camp. He was attending the Catholic summer camp at the time, and he was fishing down by Cabin Creek near St. Mallory Retreat near Estes Park, Colorado. I have a really foul theory. Another Colorado case. Another Colorado case. I have a really foul theory. Do you want to hear it? Sure. I just, I really, I need to get this off real quick. What if Catholic summer camps are dispensaries for the Catholic church and kids? That's a sick theory. That is but a sick I theory. Mean, we've seen in the, these past few years what's come out about the church. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, no offense to any Catholic people out there. We're not no, saying not you're the problem. No, not the Catholic people, the institution. Institution. The harboring of these prolific predators in yeah. the church. and. Covering for them. And the predators get moved around themselves a lot. Like, of course. You, know, you see them do something and then it's like, okay, just go to a different church and we'll of forget course. that this ever happened. So mm-hmm. it would make sense maybe that, that kids, uh, it's more one of the more out there theories, but right. it's just popped in my mind. But go ahead, my fault. So at the time that he went missing, he was fishing mm-hmm. and a camp counselor, this is all alleged because, you know, Bobby's not around to tell us, but this camp counselor alleges that he approached him and told him that it was time for dinner. And uh, he claimed that the two of them walked down the hill back towards the camp and that Bobby had been behind him, but that he was gone by the time he got back to the camp. And the counselor claimed that he heard no signs of distress while he was walking in front of him and was under the impression that he'd been following him back to the camp the entire time. Which, again, we talked about this. I mean, I feel like kids aged like three to 10, Mm -hmm. maybe even three to 12, they can disappear pretty easily, I feel like. Maybe less so with a 10-year-old, but, Mm -hmm. you know, the way this guy was describing it, it's like, yeah, no, I just walked back. I don't think that that's... I do have my questions about this guy, for sure. Of course, yeah. This this guy's like, for me right now, it's like public interest number one. Like, I think he should be... Well, that should, I guess, be the normal... Right, the normal reaction. But I could also see how you're walking and you're not really paying attention, you're holding your fishing gear, and you're like, oh, this kid's behind me, and you turn around and Mm -hmm. he's just gone. Especially when you don't hear anything that would indicate otherwise. Yeah, that you'd have no reason to turn around. Right. The search for him extended across multiple days and over 16 square miles, which is unusually large for these cases. But only his bait box was found about a mile from the creek where he was last seen. Um, And also another sighting. A vacationer claimed to see Bobby walking the streets in Estes Park about 15 miles north of the St. Malo Retreat. And clerks in a a hardware store claimed that they saw someone who looked similar to him and who refused to respond to their questions. But again, these claims were not followed up on. They never are. They never are. So if these claims are true, abduction is a possibility, but it would be odd for the camp counselor to just not hear anything at all. That would be very odd. Because if you come up behind someone with like chloroform or something or like incapacitate them in any way. Like there's still a struggle. Like yeah, there's still there'd be like a rustling of leaves, yeah, exactly. kicking over of rocks. So the case went cold until 1959, about a year later, mm-hmm. when three camp counselors, one of which who helped with the original search, found his remains the summer after he vanished. 
So they discovered part of his hearing aid, scraps of clothing, and some bones. And they were found in a ravine's heavy underbrush just below the timber line on Mount Meeker. Now, a timber line, for what people don't know, is the point of a mountain where trees can't grow anymore because it's so high up. Hmm. That's where his things were found. So Again. this location was 11,000 feet up a 14,000 foot mountain. Yeah. So, so there's no way that a kid, 10 year old scale in that, unless he's built different, unless it's like the second coming of right. like Chuck Norris or but something. But here's the thing. No other remains or clues are found in that spot. And that area uh, was reported to have been searched the summer he went missing. Combed already. Which you would think, why do you search that high up? But they claim that, you know, maybe a mountain lion or something had dragged him up there. That's true. Mountain lions do live up that high. That's true. Yep. But in fact, his body was found or, you know, remains of his body were found 3.5 miles away from the camp and 200 or 2,500, I'm sorry, feet up Mount Meeker, which would have been nearly impossible for a a 10 year old to climb. Yeah. 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 Most of these, most of these things, it's like, it, it, it feels like someone or something Took them up there because you can't. It's not something you can ride up with like extreme winds. You know, it's it's it feels like either they they bite the dust and then maybe animals bring the remains up there, mm-hmm. or or something else like that. But it just doesn't seem like they could get there themselves. Or he could have been you know completely killed in a completely separate location and just kind of scattered around. You know, that's I, also true. You mentioned that you know several counselors at this camp later went on to abuse children in the church. Mm. So I don't think it's so far-fetched to speculate that they may have tried to take advantage of Bobby since he was physically impaired. Yeah. Um, and he could have fought back or threatened to tell, and they got rid of him. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure how that would line up with the sighting of him in Estes Park, but he could have been brought there by a counselor and then brought back um, to where his remains were found. Uh, and even though they were in random spots, maybe animals took them or they were just scattered, like I said. Yes. Yeah, but I don't think that wild animals were the original no, cause no, of death no. at all. I think wild animals had a, a, a hand right. in scattering that stuff out. And all the key players in this case are no longer alive. Of course, so it just remains a total mystery. There's no. So can we throw a little salt on those molesters? Can we say that? Uh, of course, yeah. Disgusting. See you boys. See you boys down under. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. In hell, mm-hmm. molesting kids. Sorry about that. I don't <laughs> try to keep this nice. I mean, your anger is justified. Yeah, no, but I mean, they were molesting kids. So, I mean, like, yeah, you know, obviously, it's, yeah. peace up to Bobby. Bobby's up there and mm-hmm. he's in heaven. But right. those guys that molested those kids, mm-hmm. I don't, I, me thinks not, honestly. And, you know, as unlikely as it sounds, I do hope that one day, you know, this case gets the closure and justice that it deserves. And, and that's, a, that's a problem with a lot of these cases, man. It's like, we don't, like, at, at what point, and I'm sure we'll confront this, this line of thinking more and more as the series goes on. But it's like, at what point do you say, all right, well, we can't do anything anymore. Obviously, I mean, with the law enforcement that we have in these theories, it's like the law enforcement in this series, like if it's if the first 48 hours, it's just like, yeah. oh yeah, well, no, oh, we they're c- dead. Couldn't find them. Yeah, yeah. Too bad. You know what I mean? Cold case, case closed. Right. So a lot of these cases are kind of, it's, it's like, it seems like nobody's looking back, but in an ideal world, you'd be correct. Like we could find some justice for these people. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, just very, very chilling case in this case. I mean, it's like, to me, this one, out of all of the cases we will go on to review, I think this has the clearest, if you want to talk about like a boogeyman in the case, 
Right. Someone that you could like point out and be like, oh, that, that motherfucker definitely did that shit. Mm-hmm. Three, three of those guys. I think that's, I think this case, this case has the most likable, Conic- not likable, but yeah, likely most people. concrete, you yes. know, suspects, yeah. I guess yes. you can say there's not really any suspects in any other ones. But right. Yeah. Right. The most likely causes. Mm-hmm. This next case happens after Bobby, mm. still before Jared. This one is in 1969 when six-year-old Dennis Martin was in Smoky Mountain National Park with his father, brother, and grandfather. It was Father's Day weekend, which is really sad. Oh, this um, one's this one's another big right. one. Yeah. And it was his first camping trip joining them on what was like a tradition yeah. for the family, for the men in the family. Um, and while they were camping, they were approached by a man who also had kids around the same age as Dennis um, and invited them to join. So the groups merged and all the kids began playing a big game of hide and seek. Uh, Dennis's father kept an eye on Dennis, him being his youngest son, um, from a distance and saw that he had hid behind a tree about 50 feet away from mm-hmm. where the adults were chilling. Yep. So unfortunately, when the kids jumped out to reveal their hiding spots, Dennis never reappeared. He didn't just gone like the wind. So and also his that- father ran yeah. to the you know tree that he saw him hide behind and he was gone. So he frantically runs down nearly two miles of, of trail down to the find Appalachian him. Trail. Yes. Yelling for him, but there's just no sign of him. So the group goes to the park ranger station and that's when they all spend the night looking for him. I was going to no say, luck. just just real quick before we get into the, the rest of the meat and potatoes of this case is like the fact that these these kids and we get the last one is, a, is more of a, a grown man, but it seems like in the, the situation, the kids is like one one minute they're there mm-hmm. and the next minute they're gone, gone. Mm-hmm. Which is also very, very weird. It's right. very chilling. That's one of the most chilling to me parts of, of each of these cases. Exactly. And this one, another, you know, also strangely, this also had, kind of like Bobby's case, a really big search, mm. which was not really present, present in Jared's and was not really present in the last one we'll talk about. Mm. But for six weeks, a massive search for Dennis was conducted uh, with help from the FBI, from local volunteers, park rangers, first responders, and oddly, 40 to 60 green berets yeah. that were training nearby. Just out there. Right. So for anyone who doesn't know, green berets are geared towards special missions. So that includes unconventional warfare, foreign internal defense, direct action, counterinsurgency, special recognizance, counterterrorism, information operations, counterproliferation of weapons of mass destruction, and, I, it's also and security just, force assistance. It's, it's also just important to mention, too, that Green Berets, I mean, you just basically list off the resume of, of cool shit that they're responsible for. But these guys are like, you think about, they're up there with like Navy SEALs. And exactly. these guys are, Green Berets, you have to... You have to be really technically skilled and just... They're special forces for a reason. They're a different breed, let's just say, of special forces. They're out there. Yes. But this search, including them, covered 56 square miles, making it the most extensive search in the park's history. But the only evidence that they ever found that's believed to belong to Dennis is a single shoe and a sock. Mm. Uh, But no remains have ever been found. But, you know, again, during the search, you know, as we talked about earlier, there were some environmental factors that might have hindered it. Um, heavy rains complicated following any tracks there were said to have been footprints found but there are conflicting reports of like when and where and if the rains had washed them away so they were just dismissed by authorities yeah and on top of this having so many volunteers also kind of complicated things uh, because they had no training and there was no easy way of like communications at this point in time um 
between any search party. So a notice actually had to be put out asking for people to stop, stop. volunteering yeah. for the search. Stop. And that makes sense. It's like one of these type of uh, one of the, the playing details that doesn't get talked a lot or talked about a lot in all these cases is information getting passed around. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of is a little bit prolific in these, but it's like uh, information seems to be in a lot of these different cases lost or, or lost in translation in a certain sense with this one, it's mm-hmm. between the search parties, you know, most times it's with the authorities handling it information and I guess overarching, like with all of these cases and just with the missing 401 project in general, it's like information is, is very hard to come by. Especially with a search this big. Yeah. So this search was called off three months after he had gone missing, but the total cost was about 13,000 hours of searching and $70,000, which is equivalent to half a million dollars in today's money. In today's money. Yeah. That's crazy. Exactly. That's crazy. And they're, and they're not willing to shill out a bill. No, not at all. Kidding me? You were back then. Exactly. They, I guess they were a little more fruitful back then. Yeah. They probably, you know what it is? They probably found something out there. Like, it was like, we need to keep this. Well, we'll talk about yeah. how there, uh, there was a family, the key family mm-hmm. who had been camping in the park the same weekend that Dennis had gone missing and reported that they heard a sickening scream around the time, uh, before they spotted what appeared to be a scary looking wild mountain man running behind trees and carrying something over its shoulder. In some reports, it said that Harold Key, the father, saw the man flee to a white car that he'd seen parked by and speed away. Uh, but there are conflicting reports about that. Some people would just say that he just saw the man fleeing through the woods and was like, what? Jeez, yeah. Imagine just seeing like a, a, a mountain man beard and everything just hauling ass. There's a kid just, ah, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Picture it. Like he's just like his upper torso is just flapping around the guy's holding them like a, a log and just like yeah. get in the back of the car and then just like pulls off. Exactly. Crazy. So mountain men, as we've kind of described a little earlier in the episode are what are believed to be people who live off the grid. They could be in colonies. They could be, you know, standalone single people who just want to live out there. But sometimes they're described as cannibalistic, almost feral humans. I could see that. Yeah. Right. So some people believe that the green berets are brought in to hunt either Bigfoot or these cannibalistic wild men and not to find Dennis, which I guess would make a lot more sense because again, these people are geared towards special forces and not. It does. It does beg the question. Why are green beret troops out there in the first place? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like why? It's like so specialized. I guess maybe what if what if the government was like, hey, listen, you law enforcement, you guys have fumbled the bag one too many times. We're going to let's let the Green Berets handle this one. Mm -hmm. There's those theories of Mm -hmm. Bigfoot and mountain men. But we should also note that two weeks before Dennis vanished, park rangers caught a malnourished bear in a wild boar trap that was lured by corn. Corn, which because, bears don't eat corn. Yeah, no. That's so they cool. concluded that there is a lack of food for these wild animals. But aside from bears, the park is also home to wild bobcats, boars, rattlesnakes, copperheads, and such that could have led to Dennis's death. And that would have led to a more silent mm-hmm. type of. Because let's just run with the theory that maybe he goes hides behind the tree, steps on a copperhead or something. Right, but he wouldn't disappear. He would not disappear. But his body would be there. Is it, what? Usually with venomous snakes, doesn't it take a second for... Yeah, you'd also maybe hear screaming. Oh, ah! yeah, that's true. I was going to say, maybe the, the theory I was running with for a second was that he gets bitten and then kind of either delirium sets in or he's like, oh, shit, I just got bitten by a snake and he just mm-hmm. runs down and, and kind of like freaks out and 
some point passes out from right. the venom or something but like that. But you'd think again, like if that happened or if he just wandered off and got lost, like his dad ran down the trail for two, two miles. miles. Like that's, you'd that's, think that even yeah. if this child was sprinting down the trail, like he wouldn't have gotten too far or yeah. something would have been found in this massive search. I'm just going to pull a, a, a search and rescue authorities and just say natural causes. Cause I don't know right. what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So another odd part of this case though, that also leads, I guess, to some conspiracies is that Jack Reich, the lead FBI investigator on the case later committed suicide. Yeah. So that also leads people to think that there was either something paranormal and sketchy or there was a cover up taking place. It's never good when you have a suicide after right. someone's looking into something. So, I mean, the Green Berets are sketch. Yes. But the fact that no one heard anything when he was only 50 feet away is, you know, unnatural. Infinitely more sketch. Right. The wild men theory is a little insane, but I'm kind of on board with it. No, I, I don't think it's that insane. I think... Like, I think... That's like what we yeah. talked about earlier, falling right between paranormal mm -hmm. and normal. Right. I think the the Green Berets paired with the key family sighting of the, you know, what a wild mountain man and the lack of evidence. I think it all just points to something paranormal. Yes. Even if you think like alien abduction, maybe. Um, but I personally believe that if aliens are here, they're not like they're not harmful like that. That's mm. my personal opinion. Or just trolling around forests yeah. waiting for someone to Exa hide Especially the children. Like, I think that if, you know, they were hostile, mm. we'd already be fucked. Or they'd already just be here and be That's silently. what I'm saying. I feel like we'd already, yeah. if they had bad intentions, I feel like we'd, we'd already be just be, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So there's also the theory of interdimensional wormholes. Which would explain the which, silent exit. Exactly. It's fascinating. Exit. And it gets brought up not in just these park cases, but any like case where a person just vanishes without a trace. Yep. They say that they've accidentally just stepped into another dimension or alternate reality. The back rooms. Where they may continue to just live their lives. And some people think that they don't even know that they're like in another dimension or that they're missing from this one. Mm. Which is also kind of spooky to think about. That's that you almost could just like chilling, yeah. have a glitch in the matrix and be in a completely different world. Yes. Yeah. That's not... Yeesh. Unlike ours. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even know. Right. Or, you know, it's even more infinitely horrifying is hmm. they figure it out, but they can't do anything about it. Yeah. It's like, even if we had concrete proof that that is the case, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like, what is anyone supposed to do? Ooh, ooh, I don't like that. But we have time to go over this last case or we want to get do. into the... Okay. Because we've been mostly looking at like these older cases of children. Yes. But this one's the most recent one the that inverse. we have here. Yeah. And it's an adult. Recent and it's an adult. Right. Ronald Kirk... And he's an experienced adult too. Yeah. He was a former Marine, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. And he was, he, he went missing from Red Rock Canyon, Nevada. Um, the, the thing, obviously, again, that, that differentiates this guy from so many cases is he's also very well-trained. He knew the area mm -hmm. very, very well. Because he was an avid outdoorsman who like frequently went camping and hiking. And I think from what I read, he always alerted his family of his plans, but they reported that they had never worried about his safety. Because he was 46 okay. years old. He's, as you said, a former Marine. He's experienced. This is in 2012. So it's not like there's a lack of, you know, technology to get in touch with people. Right, right, right. Pretty recent. Yeah. So no one was ever really worried about him. But he did go missing in 2012. And that's kind of like the most inconspicuous, mm -hmm. amb ambiguous, right. you know, just kind of like it his is, body. Was it is still him. sketchy, though. Oh, no, no, no for because sure. Because as sure. we'll find out, Kirk's body was found not long after he went missing. Um, in a rocky area with established trails running through it, not far from one of the most popular trails called Turtlehead Peak. Mm. And of course, re uh, rescue workers had already searched there. 
but yeah. failed to spot his remains in plain sight. Because they blended in so well with the shrubbery around him. The, the authorities explained that the positioning of his remains was an optical anomaly since his body blended in with the pigment of the soil and rock formations. Yet the area was reportedly searched multiple times and was a popular site for hikers, but the discovery of his body was still delayed. And there's no definitive cause of death. And there's also been reported a lack of communication between his family and law enforcement as well, which we've seen in nearly every case. <laughs> nearly every case. Right. Closing up, I know we like to get into theories. Mm-hmm. Overarching, all of these, or overarching, I should say, all of these cases, do we think that there's one, let's say we could do one culprit, one theory, mm-hmm. and one ending that we think is the most plausible well just before we get to that i just want to say that the overarching theme here and who i think is at fault not necessarily for the disappearance or death but for how just botched these cases are is like search and rescue and law enforcement there is just complete negligence in every single one of these cases and how it's handled um and that's why i think that we have such little evidence for this i think i think at the very least they play a hand in every single one of these cases whether it be sinister or not i think what happened for all of these um it, it's just you know it, it seems like authorities really really are the 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 main barrier between an eventuality in which these cases are fi- figured out Mm-hmm. And these cases are where we are today, where it's like nobody knows shit about what happened. Exactly. Um, so, so I got to go with with a theory. I think it's it's governmental cover up. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty fair to say. Uh, wild men, I can't really rule out, but that kind of ties into maybe they're being covered up by authorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and for eventualities, I think, I think abduction. I got to be honest. It seems it, it's giving me abduction vibes. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Abduction and then cover up by the authorities. I think is is the most plain and and the most the most for me uh realistic out of out of all of these out of all these theories to have happened yeah i'd have to agree with you i mean i want to be with david politis and because he what i like about david politis is in his you know four on one project he doesn't explicitly say he thinks it's bigfoot but i know he's a big bigfoot guy so i'm sure with some of these cases he does believe that that's a possibility but for me it's just I definitely think that human interference and more of the human evils is kind of what I see with like cover-ups. But again, you'd have to believe that there's people in law enforcement that are aiding in the abduction and cover-up of children. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Paired along with the absolute negligence in each of these cases. At the very least, they're shitty at their jobs. Exactly. All right. Well, that has been episode one of uh, Third Eye. Katie, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to see where this series goes, what cases we have. If anyone has any recommendations for what cases or, you know, stuff we should cover, definitely let us know and we'll look into it. If you guys want us to go out to these locations and check. That'd be fun, yeah. Obviously, if we do, like, something in Singapore, we can't right yeah we, we're, over there. we're based in new york so yeah. we have a range of where we can travel try but to, we'll definitely try pick, look into stuff yeah try to pick more regionally specific things that we can go to so we do have a sponsor for the episode it's called copacetic candles uh it's a friend of mine she makes them straight out of her house in the bronx uh she's a lovely lady use code jcs10 uh you can only use it once per person Go get yourself something nice. She just had a sale ending for graduation, but she's going to have many more coming on the way. 
And yeah, go get yourself some some nice uh, some nice candles. We were just smelling it before the episode. We think it smells great. Yeah, just go support. Uh, she's a fantastic human being. Go get yourself something that will make your uh, your house smell nice for any holidays coming up. And, guys, thank you so much. I think next episode we'll be talking, we'll be talking about the Appalachian Trail, keeping it on brand. We'll look into it, yeah, because yeah. that seems consistent with some of these cases as well. So it'll be a nice little bridge into another topic that we can go yeah. over. Yeah, even, even Appalachian TikTok. So, uh, guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, guys.